Good morning, everyone. It's time for another edition of Transformation Radio. time for our reading here in the New Testament. And our scripture today is from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 30. Now sometimes we feel that if the Holy Spirit leads us, it will always be beside peaceful streams. But that is not necessarily true. He led Jesus into the wilderness for a long and difficult time of testing. 
and He may also lead us into difficult situations. Now, in facing trials, first make sure you haven't brought them on yourself through sin or unwise choices. If you find no sin to confess or unwise behavior to change, then ask God to strengthen you for your test. Finally, be careful to follow faithfully wherever the Holy Spirit leads. Now, the devil who tempted Adam and Eve in the garden also tempted Jesus in the wilderness. Satan is a real being, a created but rebellious fallen angel, and not a symbol or an idea. He constantly fights against God and those who follow and obey God. Jesus was a prime target for the devil's temptations. Satan had succeeded with Adam and Eve, and he hoped to succeed with Jesus as well. Well, knowing and obeying God's word is an effective weapon against temptation. The only offensive weapon provided in the Christian's armor. That's all in Ephesians chapter six. Jesus used Scripture to counter Satan's attacks, and so should we. But to use it effectively. We must have faith in God's promises because Satan also knows Scripture and is adept at twisting it to suit his purposes. Obeying the Scriptures is more important than simply having a verse to quote. So read them daily and apply them to your life. Then your sword will always be sharp. Now, why was it necessary for Jesus to be tempted? First, temptation is part of the human experience. For Jesus to be fully human, for Him to understand us completely. He had to face temptation. Now, second, Jesus had to undo Adam's work. Adam, though created perfect, gave in to temptation and passed sin on to the whole human race. Thanks a lot, Adam.、Uh, Jesus, by contrast, resisted Satan. His victory offers salvation to all of Adam's descendants. Glory, hallelujah!、Uh, Satan may tempt us to doubt Christ's true identity. He knows that once we begin to question whether or not Jesus is God, it's far easier to get us to do what he wants. Times of questioning can help us sort out our beliefs and strengthen our faith, but those times can also be quite dangerous. If you're dealing with doubt, be aware that you are especially vulnerable to temptation. Even as you search for answers, protect yourself by meditating on the unshakable truths of God's word. And with that, let's begin our reading today, here in the New Testament. March twentieth, the New Testament, Luke chapter four, verses one through thirty. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for forty days. Jesus ate nothing all that time. And became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, "If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread." But Jesus told him, "No. The Scriptures say, 'People do not live by bread alone.'" Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. "I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them," the devil said. Because they are mine to give to any one I please, I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, "The Scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only Him." Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, "If you are the Son of God, jump off, for the Scriptures say He will order His angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands." So you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. 
Jesus responded, The scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? Then he said, You will undoubtedly quote me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself, meaning, Do miracles here in your hometown, like those you did in Capernaum. But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time, when the heavens were closed for three and a half years, and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, but the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 11. Hiding from his enemies in the barren wilderness of Judah, David was intensely lonely. He longed for a friend he could trust to ease his loneliness. No wonder he cried out, Oh God, my soul thirsts for you in this parched and weary land. Now if you're lonely or thirsty for something lasting in your life, remember David's prayer. God alone can satisfy our deepest longings. During sleepless, uncomfortable nights, David thought about God. Instead of counting sheep, he meditated on his shepherd. He viewed all the ways God had already helped him, and he greeted the next day with songs of praise. In quiet moments or wakeful nights, make it a point to count examples of God's faithfulness to you. Doing so is far more likely to give you rest than any other items you might count. Psalm 63, verses 1-11 through 11, A Psalm of David regarding a time when David was in the wilderness of Judah. O oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you! I will praise you as long as I live lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. 
I will praise you with songs of joy. I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night. Because you are my helper, I sing for joy in the shadow of your wings. I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. But those plotting to destroy me will come to ruin. They will go down into the depths of the earth. They will die by the sword and become the food of jackals. But the king will rejoice in God. All who trust in him will praise him, while liars will be silenced. Proverbs chapter 11, verses 20 and 21. The Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Evil people will surely be punished, but the children of the godly will go free.
I was walking home from school on a cold winter day. Took a shortcut through the woods, and I lost my way. It was getting late, and I was scared and alone. But then a kind old man took my hand and led me home. Now Mama couldn't see him, oh, but he was standing there. And I knew in my heart he was the answer to my prayers. Oh, I believe there are angels among us. Send down to us from somewhere up above. They come to you and me in our darkest hours to show us how to live, to teach us how to give, to guide us with a light of love. When life held troubled times and had me down on my knees, there's always been someone to come along and comfort me. A kind word from a stranger to lend a helping hand, a phone call from a friend just to say I understand. But ain't it kind of funny at the dark end of the road that someone lights the way with just a single ray of hope? Oh, I believe there are angels among us sent down to us from somewhere up above. They come to you. In our darkest hours To show us how to live To teach us how to give To guide us with a light of love They wear so many faces Show up in the strangest places To grace us with their mercy in our time of need Oh, I believe there are angels among us Sent down to us from somewhere up above They come to you and me In our darkest hours To show us how to live Teach us how to give, to guide us with the light of love, to guide us with the light of concludes today's broadcast. I pray that everyone who tuned in today was blessed by what they heard, and I hope you all have a wonderful day.